Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Hey, welcome to Leading Simple. My name is Rusty George, and I'm honored to have you with us. Whether this is your very first time or whether you have been listening to us for a long time, thanks for coming along. We would love to hear from you. You can DM me at Rusty L. George. Instagram, Twitter, love to hear from you. Today, we get to have a conversation with a man named Al Lopez, who is the founder and president of Best Christian Workplaces Institute. What they do is they provide incredible resources to create surveys, a 360 leadership review process, and consulting services, blogs, podcasts, all to do the same thing, and that is to help your organization be a place people want to work. We have used this resource many times here at Real Life Church and found it to be incredibly enlightening. Sometimes it's encouraging, sometimes it's discouraging, but it always helps us because they'll come in, they'll help you get survey material from your people in an anonymous fashion and find out what they like and don't like about working at your organization, and then you get a chance to have great feedback and make great changes. So I'm a believer in the product of Best Christian Workplaces Institute, and Al has a brand new book out that he is going to share with us today. I know you're going to be blessed by this conversation, whether you work in a church or don't work in a church, you're going to learn about how to create great culture wherever you are. So here's my conversation with Al Lopez. Al, thank you for joining the podcast. It is great to have you with us. Uh, For our listeners who may not know you or where you're from or what it is you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, thanks, Rusty, and it's great to be here, really a a privilege. Well, first of all, I'm married to my wife, uh, Kathy, and uh, we've been married 42 years, and we're co-laborers. She works with me here at the Best Christian Workplaces Institute. Wow, all right. And uh, we have two adult daughters and now one new nine-month-old grandson, so uh, uh, we're pretty excited about that. I've co-founded the Best Christian Workplaces Institute about 20 years ago, Mm. and uh, it's been quite a journey as we have worked with uh, Christian-led organizations to improve the health of their cultures. I also, uh, in my uh, mission work with the church, got involved in in working in Guatemala, and I had the privilege of uh, helping to co-found a school in Guatemala 10 years ago, a Christian school. Uh, Guatemala in the rural country has... uh, uh, free education up to sixth grade, and we just felt uh, the, to solve the the cycle of poverty for the next generation, we'd uh, we'd create a Christian school, and now we have 100 and, mm. 150 kids that go to that. So I, I belong to a mm. local uh, evangelical covenant church and, and attended there for 25 years since I've uh, moved to Seattle. Wow, that's great. So yeah. moving to Seattle, does that mean you're fully a Seahawks fan now? <laughs> well, I I am. Yeah, in fact, uh, Mike Holbrook went to our church uh, when he, you know, the previous coach uh, went to our church for a while, and oh. Jim Zorn, the uh, uh, kind of the franchise starting quarterback, yep. uh, uh, goes to our church now. So wow, uh, that's so, exciting. So, so we're connected to the Seahawks. Yeah. Well, it seems like if you're anywhere near the Seattle area, you get swept up into all of that, and what a great franchise. Well, i got to ask you a personal question. You had two daughters, and now you have a grandson. Mm -hmm. I'm in the same boat. I have two daughters, no grandkids, but i got to imagine having a grandson, having a 
a, a male in the family. That's got to be very exciting. <laughs> it is very exciting. And oh, let me show you some pictures. No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Well, that'll be fun as he gets older and taking him to Seahawks games and yeah. Mariners too, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to know about Best Christian Workplaces, the Institute itself. I mean, you've worked in the space of organizational culture for a long time. You know, when did you learn that a strong and enjoyable culture really makes a difference? And, and uh, you know, did, is that the reason you decided to start this? Well, you know, Rusty, that's a, that's a great question. First of all, um, my, when I was a young life leader back when I was in college, and oh, yeah. I was part of, part of a team. And that was my first experience working with other Christians in ministry. And, you know, we had about a half a dozen of us that worked in our local high school. And then we were part of a larger fellowship uh, where, uh, with groups that worked in four different schools. Uh, I was going to Penn State at the time and State College. And, uh, and the, it, it was a remarkable and a very positive experience, uh, you know, as a group, we just loved each other. We prayed together. We served together. We grew in our faith together. We worked together as a team. Uh, we had fun together. You know, we celebrated our our uh, successes together. It was just a really rich, positive experience. And and I mm. then took that and and went into the workplace. I felt God called me into business. And and then I'd work in a number of. Uh, of situations and it just wasn't the same. And uh, I thought, wow, you know, the, the group, and of course there was a faith aspect to it too, but the, the group working together was, was so cohesive. Well, then years later, this was 20 years ago, I was also in my previous firm working and uh, connected with the statewide business magazines in Washington and Oregon. And worked with them to come up with a list of the best companies to work for. And again, that's where I began to, to see the culture and what a difference it made uh, between, you know, good places to work and not so good places to work, uh, positive and even flourishing cultures versus those that weren't. And, and you know, I could see the, the impact that the employees' engagement and positive cultures had on the success and the outcome of the organizations. And that's what really kind of got my interest is I was like, well, you know, so if these organizations improved the health of their culture where employees would have a better experience, would they actually perform better? And hmm. that, was, uh, that was my experience. And we looked at the publicly traded best companies. I remember doing a chart, you know, 25 years ago in Washington of the best companies versus those that weren't, or the S&P 500. And the best companies just outperformed the S&P 500 over time in those public companies. And, hmm. and you know, I've always felt that, uh, and this is our, our vision, is that Christian workplaces, Christian-led workplaces, should set the standard as the best, most effective places to work in the world. And, and what a difference it makes when you have a good a healthy, even flourishing culture in a Christian workplace as you uh, represent Christ to, uh, to others. And so, so yeah, it's been, a, it's been a journey starting with my young life experience in, uh, in, in college up, up until now. Well, we're big fans of young life around here. We have hired a lot of young life people. We work hand in hand with young life. And I just did a podcast earlier today where I talked with somebody who was also part of Young Life, and that led them into the 
the ministry they're in now. It's just such a great organization. And it, it really keeps, you know, working with youth and oftentimes the people they hire are young. There's just a sense of camaraderie that a lot of us lose as we get older. Yeah. And you've got to be seeing this, uh, you know, as one of the key and valuable things with uh, Christian workplaces. Um, is that what you're noticing? Is that what one of the things you monitor? Well, it is, you know, uh, um, I mean, we, we monitor uh, through our, we have a broad-based employee engagement survey. So, and also because of our focus on Christian organizations, we do include a significant Christian component in that survey. So, mm. so you know, uh, there's a big difference between a secular organization and a, and a Christian organization in terms of uh, environment and expectations. And so we're, mm. we, we also uh, ask questions in uh, you know, like, does my organization reflect Christ to the world is a, mm-hmm. is a broad-based question. And, uh, and the way people answer that really kind of uh, expresses, well, is this, you know, is this meeting my expectations of, of are we actually uh, doing our job of reflecting Christ to the world in our church, in our, in our parachurch mission organization, in our Christian, Christian school, wherever, wherever we're working. So, so yeah, that's it's a huge deal. I think there's a misnomer out there amongst people that work. Uh, I'm sorry, that don't work in the church, but they attend a church. They assume, boy, if I could ever work at a church, <laughs> it would be the most wonderful job in the world. We would sing hymns all day long and read the Bible and have a wonderful time. But I mean, I'm sure you've seen this. That I mean, it's it's difficult yeah. because now you're. Your place of worship becomes your place of work. Your pastor becomes your boss. It, mm-hmm. And people are people. And a lot of us are just hot messes when it comes to our organization. So talk to me about Best Christian Workplace. You've, you've picked out several main things that really indicate, boy, this is a healthy organization. These are the things you kind of track. And I've just seen even in our own organization, because we've used your resources before, Usually it's one or two, maybe several of these things that get out of whack that really cause a problem. Uh, let's talk about, um, and you've, you've, got, you've got eight of them. So let's start with this one, mm-hmm. uh, life-giving work. Tell me how that plays into a great Christian workplace. You know, Rusty, I was going to bring that up if you didn't, because uh, that's the critical advantage that Christian organizations have mm. in the marketplace. And, and you know, we're, we, you've heard the news, uh, we're in this great resignation where People are, are quitting their jobs at record levels, and, and there's 11 million open jobs. And we're seeing this in the church as well, that uh, you know, there's a lot of open jobs out there. And, uh, and uh, why is it that people would stay in their jobs? And the reason a lot of people stay in their jobs, particularly in a, in a church or a Christian environment, is this life-giving work that you pointed out. And it's mm. in the sense of, and this is the, the hidden advantage, uh, as uh, Patrick Lencioni would call it. It's the sense of having a real purpose in their job. You know, does their job make them feel like they uh, they are providing and involved in something of a higher value, of of greater purpose? And so, life giving work is that. Uh, I mean, I think of of teachers in Christian schools. I think of of pastors. They couldn't imagine working in a different situation because they have the the privilege and the opportunity of the of the work that they're doing and and how they're impacting people's lives for eternity, and you just don't get that working in uh, 
in a lot of different places. So life-giving work is, you know, that sense of, of meaning and purpose where mm. you're able to use your, your gifts, uniquely use your gifts, uh, even your spiritual gifts, your, your strengths, your skills, yeah. you know, where you, f- where you feel really connected, uh, that you're even called to the work that you're doing. So, so, uh, life-giving work is, uh, is, is the second most important. That's another thing that we've done is we've analyzed how important each of these eight are. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the top two items. Well, everybody wants to know now what's the number one. <laughs> so I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit, yeah. but tell us more about the number one quality. Number one is inspirational leadership. And, uh, and again, inspirational is uh, in the Christian context is God breathed. And so, mm. so we want leadership that's uh, uh, where God is breathing into, uh, into the leadership. And, and so there's uh, three aspects of inspirational leadership that we often talk about. One is one is Christian character. Are, are leaders leading uh, uh, in the spirit of Jesus, um, mm. with, the, with the character of Jesus? We ask questions uh, in Christian-led organizations. Uh, our leaders exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's what people are expecting uh, for mature Christians to actually reflect, uh, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, and, uh, and so on. And then... Then also uh, compassion or humility or those kinds of other uh, characteristics of Christ that, that are important in a, in, a, uh, in a leader, in a Christian organization. Another aspect is, uh, so it's kind of character. It's kind of, you know, David said, uh, or they said of David, uh, you know, integrity of heart. You know, I consider that Christian character and then use skillful hands and, uh, so having having um, competence, uh, and I, I, one of our questions is: in our organizations, uh, things run well, and uh, and that's just having systems in place where where and it, that takes competence, where things work well, and that doesn't cause fractions in relationships because of uh, of poor systems and processes, and and also part of this is is the communication where there's a sense of momentum. In a, in a positive forward direction, even mm. you could describe that as hope. Mm-hmm. So, so then there's the competence. So we have the character and the competence, but, but that then builds, all of that builds high levels of trust. And that's really the, the glue in, a, in, a, in an organization. Can you, uh, is there high levels of trust with leaders and employees, with, uh, amongst, the, amongst the leaders? Um, um, and that's, you know, oftentimes based on on integrity as well. So, so it's the Christian character. It's the it's the competence and having things run well. Mm. And then and then it's uh, the glue that keeps it all together is uh, high levels of trust. So that's yeah, that's inspirational leadership. Easier to talk about than it is to do. <laughs> well, so many of these qualities. I mean, it, it feels a little bit like whack a mole. I mean, you get one kind of tackled, and then another one rears its ugly head, and I think that the, the thing I never knew about leadership until I got into it was you never get it all perfect. Right. You know, it just seems like you're constantly tweaking and adjusting and it's more of an art than it is a science. And, and certainly I found that to be true with one of these eight, which is almost impossible for anybody to perfect. I think people get it done well, 
but there's always issues with it, and that's healthy communication. Can you talk to us a little bit about what what that looks like? Because that's more than just an, an all-staff email, is that right? Well, let me interrupt for just a second. Our 200th episode is quickly approaching, and we have some giveaways. We've had so many guests on the podcast over the years, and many of them have written some great books. To celebrate, we're giving some of their books away. Here's how you enter. Over the next few weeks, you'll see my post on social media. Make sure you're following at Rusty L. George and like and share them. Then in the comments, let me know who's been one of your favorite guests on the podcast. We'll be doing this a few times and all the instructions will be on social media. I've had so much fun getting to 200. Can't wait to see what the next 200 bring. Make sure that you participate and you'll be entered to get some of these great books. Okay, back to our episode. With it. And that's healthy communication. Can you talk to us a little bit about what what that looks like? Because that's more than just an, an all-staff email. Is that right? Oh, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, in fact, <laughs> working with a church on the East Coast, uh, they said, oh, you know, we've got professional communicators. So we'll really, we'll, we'll really be able to handle this healthy communication. <laughs> oh, and I said, you know, your idea of what a communicator does, which is a code word for preacher, yeah, uh, and healthy communication are two different things. And they're like, oh no, really? And uh, you know, but healthy communication is two-way communication. It's, it's you know, is the leader listening, uh, acting on suggestions, involving people in decisions that impact them? You know, it's it's two-way communication. Really, really listening to uh, to them. You know, we do focus groups with employees because uh, after a survey, you know, a survey can tell you. Well, you got a hot spot here or there, uh, but it won't tell you why it's a hot spot. And so, fo- mm. focus groups help help us understand well why is there an issue in one way or another. But uh, uh, but you know, that will tell us uh, uh, and give us the information of of what what's really breaking down with communication. But yeah, having a full communication system more than an email. And I I, I have a mentor who. Uh, Kind of describes communication as a think of think of us of a parade. You've got uh, people at the beginning of the parade, people joining the parade in the middle. You have to communicate the same thing over and over and over. And then people that started in the parade and are you know nearing the finish line, well, they've probably changed their mind about whatever it's been, you know, as you've been communicating. So so saying it over and over again, you know, that's the challenge. Uh, you know, others have said, you know, leaders are the chief reminding officers. That, that's that's mm. that's constant communication. And and I'm a I'm an intuitive thinker. Uh, efficiency is is something that I value. And I uh, I used to have the opinion that if I communicated something once, repeating it would be disrespectful because <laughs> because it would be inefficient and. I came to realize in my various leadership roles, no, 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 you've got to repeat it over and over and over again. You've got to ask for feedback. It's, it's always changing. It's kind of like that parade, you know, they've changed their mind as they've gone from the beginning of the end, or they've joined it in the middle and they hadn't heard it before, whatever it is. Yeah. It's just constant communication. Uh, mm. You know, it's, uh, it's, and, and I often think of values. Uh, this is another uh, another aspect that's really important in organizations having employee values and communicating those values uh, 
on a regular basis, recognizing them, rewarding them, and so on. But yeah, that's healthy communication, and it's Rusty. It's very tied to inspirational leadership. So, so, right. so you know, it's how a leader communicates that actually helps them to build trust, which is part of that inspirational leadership. Yeah. Well, I love that one. I, I, I have found that there are there are leaders who do a really good job of casting vision, but because they're so entrepreneurial. They change the vision every three or four months, yeah. and they don't do a very good job of reminding the people this is what we're doing. Um, and then there are people that, once they're told what the vision is, they're really good at reminding. They just need people to help them cast it. And so as a leader, you have to determine, mm-hmm. you know, the people you need around you to kind of flesh that out, don't you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a team, and it's di- people with different, uh, yeah. different gifts, different skills uh, that make that possible. No, no right. Well, there's so many of these are so, so great, all eight of them. Um, and now you share uh, a lot of this in your book, but I also wanted to give you a chance to tell us some, just some, uh, uh, some good stories or some wins of some churches that uh, have really benefited from these flourishing principles. I mean, you, you've mentioned one and dealing with communication, but what are some things that you've seen that Best Christian Workplace uh has really helped with, and these flourishing principles have really helped with them. You know, one of the things we do is uh, measure the health of an organization. And, you know, this is an organization many churches know about. It's Alpha USA. So it's not a church, but uh, everybody knows Alpha. And, and, oh, about four or five years ago, they have a a new executive director here in the United States, uh, Craig Springer. And we had worked with him in a previous organization. And even before he started in the organization, he said, I want you guys to to survey our employees at Alpha, and I want that report on my desk when I start. And and uh, that's a great time for a, a leader to really get a, a snapshot of the health of the wow. culture. And Great idea. Uh, he showed up, and uh, we, we said, well, here's the current situation. They weren't, they were approaching health as a culture. They were not healthy. And over the next two or three years, and now five years, they're, they've got a flourishing culture. They're seeing, and, and what Craig would admit and has said is that in COVID, now here's, you know, Alpha, most, a lot of people know Alpha probably, uh, it's a s- small group ministry that's evangelistic and, and, uh, and people meet and they have dinner and well during covid that all was out the window i mean so what what were they going to do so having right. having a very healthy culture allowed them to uh, to pivot and they really made a did a great job of of pivoting and doing things online and they continue to have as much if not more impact uh, uh, in their ministry mm. you know another church um um uh, you know, in Southern California, Rusty, you, you certainly know of the Calvary Chapel movement, but sure. over in Fort Lauderdale, there's a, a large uh, Calvary Chapel uh, church, Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, and they they had a transition in their senior leadership, and Doug Sauter became the new senior pastor kind of by surprise and kind of took over, and and yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a difficult transition, and Doug asked us to help them, and again, we came in. They weren't healthy. Um, it was a previously a pretty autocratic, uh, top-down, not a lot of flexibility in the culture. And, 
and he wanted to improve that and uh, and did and has moved their culture to a hmm. to a flourishing culture uh, over a period of time and they helped to create uh, they had a team that created new staff values that uh, were really uh, really inspirational uh, I'd describe and they worked on on each of their teams to build a sense of of uh, camaraderie and engagement and uh, they even uh, they recognize one another. They have these things called uh, honor chairs, and mm. at at times they will put a person in an honor chair, and they'll just go around the table uh, or around the the Zoom uh, room, whichever uh, whichever they're doing, and they'll just talk about uh, how they uh, what they respect about the person, you know, what the person means to them, and. And it's and it's just such an uplifting mm. uh, experience. And then they'll go on with their session, but uh, yeah, they really work on uh, <laughs> on that. So yeah, those are a couple of examples. Uh, another Southern California organization is Johnny and Friends, and mm. uh, a little bit of a different uh, organization uh, uh, in a sense. But you know, Johnny Erickson Tata is such an inspirational person, and she's worked with. Uh, presidents and chief operating officers in their organizations. Uh, Doug Mazza was one for 20 years. He retired a couple of years ago and now mm. John, not John Nugent. And, and they have, uh, we've worked with them every year for the last, I want to say probably 17 or 18 years. And, and again, they, they have really focused on our eight, uh, flourish, uh, factor, uh, characteristics and have a, have a great, a very strong culture. So, yeah, those are a couple, Rusty, that, that we've worked with. Mm, I love that. I specifically love the idea of you're going to go into a new church, do the test before, do the assessment before you get there. That way, right. none of the result is based on you, right. be it good or bad. Uh, but then you have a benchmark of where to work from. Boy, what a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that, and even if you're, you know, on a church staff and then transitioning into that lead chair to do one of those assessments first, like you mentioned, what a great idea. Well, the eight flourishing culture drivers are fantastic teams, life-giving work, outstanding talent, uplifting growth, rewarding compensation, inspirational leadership, sustainable strategy, healthy communication. I would think that some of us coming into today only thought about rewarding compensation, uh, <laughs> but there's so much more to it. I know we as a church, we have used uh, this assessment several times. It has been very beneficial for us. Um, so you have decided to put a lot of this and a lot of your thoughts on this into a book form. Tell us a little bit about that and what your hope is for your book. Yeah, Rusty, you know, First of all, uh, those eight drivers, uh, that's not because I sat back and I thought, well, these things are important in a church setting or in a Christian-led organization. It's, it's as a result of hundreds of thousands of employee surveys that we've taken and, and statistically analyzed the results and done a factor analysis you know, where, they, where they, uh, the statistics group the questions into eight uh, into eight different and distinct groups. And then we started looking at, well, what are the questions and how are they grouped together? And, mm. and we said, well, this is about teamwork and this is about, uh, you know, attracting and retaining talent. And this is about, uh, um, you know, providing uh, leadership growth, uh, development and so on. And, 
And we just grouped those together and then we kind of labeled them. And then we thought, well, gosh, so many of these were close to a, uh, an acronym here. How, you know, <laughs> how, how can we create an acronym? And as you would say, Rusty, uh, will it preach? You know, so we need something that we can uh, uh, put it around. And so we came up with a word flourish, which uh, describes these eight drivers. And it's really caught on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've, we work with uh, over 300 uh, different organizations each year as they, as they work with us. And uh, they've caught on to that. And, and I was at a, at a uh, conference and we were doing a workshop and, and uh, our agent, Don Gates, was there and he said, you've got a book. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm anxious. I mean, I believe, why am I doing this? I believe that Christian workplaces should set the standard as the best, most effective places to work in the world. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I believe, you know, in this contentious culture that we're in, you know, when we're able to attract people to our organizations, attracting them to Christ uh, in the same time is, is really uh, an important thing. So, so we've created the book. We hope it uh, equips and inspires Christian leaders to create a, a flourishing workplace. Um, um, and and we're, we're quite anxious about it. it it'll, it'll come out uh, uh, and launch on April 19th, and, and you can go to Amazon even now to uh, pre-order it. Yeah, well, it's a great read, and I appreciate having a, a look at it ahead of time. It's called Road to Flourishing, mm -hmm. Eight Keys to Boost Employee Engagement and Well-Being. And I would think that post-COVID, you're moving into an even more unique situation than you've ever dealt with before. I'm sure there'll be some things you learn along the way. Uh, anything you're noticing already? I mean, people are anxious to get back to work or they're really enjoying working in pajama pants at home or what, what are you noticing? <laughs> well, um, we're seeing that it's still the, it's the frontline manager that's the important relationship that connects people to the organization. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're never going to go back uh, to the way it was. I mean, they'll, they'll be you know, much more of a hybrid situation going forward. So how do we keep con people connected to our organizations? It's going to be through the frontline manager, having one-on-one -on -one meetings, and yeah. as well as having an overall uh, very uh, healthy culture. But uh, so, yeah, it's going to continue. Uh, we think that's going to be hybrid uh, in the future. And, and so recognition, having the employee feel like they're, they're cared for as an individual, uh, having competent frontline managers that have uh, the, the capabilities of having the important conversations that, uh, that need to be had, even, even uh, crucial conversations as, uh, as they're known, uh, but clearly creating a bond. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we, we consider engagement is, is kind of a bond between the employer and the employee uh, mm. and the work they're doing. So, so creating that bond is really important and the frontline manager is the one that's going to uh, really sustain that. Yeah, well, that's great. I, I'm sure that we're only beginning to see the impact that COVID has had on our workplaces and we'll be learning in the years to come. Uh, Al, what I love about your book is obviously it helps Christian workplaces, but it helps all workplaces. And I know that anybody out there that's thinking, well, I'm not necessarily leading a Christian company or a nonprofit or a church, 
but you want these eight principles to be known for at your particular place of employment. So make sure you pick up the book and check out uh, these eight uh, practices. I think you'll be blessed by it. Al, thank you for being on Leading Simple and making our workplace even more simple, which is a really hard thing to do. My pleasure. Thanks, Rusty. Appreciate the invitation. Well, thank you so much for listening. I think that's one you're going to want to share with somebody as a way to encourage them and let them know about this great, great organization that comes in and provides great resources to help your organization get better. We're going to encourage you right now to remember that next week is Easter. And if you don't have plans to attend a service, make sure that you do. Make sure that you're joining us on one of our campuses if you live around the Real Life Church area. And maybe some of you have been, you know, hesitant to go back. It's been two years now since COVID began and you've been nervous because of the masks or you've been angry because of the masks. Now's the time to return. Make your way back to your local church as we start our Easter services, which are coming up very, very soon. And next week, we are going to actually share our Easter week service with you. So make sure that you're prepared for that and tuned in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so hope to see you in person and to talk with you next week. As always, keep it simple. We'll talk to you soon. Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you'll get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple. Learn.